ETL Echo presents Stars and Scars by Annie Aria. Chapter 7 Harry James Potter had been born at 10.15 in the evening after a hard but uneventful labor to an adoring Lily Potter. It was for this reason, Hermione suspected, that Harry wasn't waiting at her desk with a scowl on the morning of the 31st July. Instead, he was at his own desk, a happy expression on his face as Ron enveloped him in a bear hug and the other auras surrounded him and smothered him with hugs, backslaps, and presents. Hermione stood to one side with a small smile on her face, watching as her best friend had the kind of birthday morning he deserved. She saw a movement just behind Harry, and slid her eyes over to find Draco watching her, his gaze a complicated mix of desire, impatience, and relief. Hermione gave him a small nod, understanding how he was feeling. She felt it, too. By the end of the day, Harry would have his soul marks, and they would finally be able to find some resolution in their messy, uncertain relationship. Draco's eyes shifted back to Harry, and Hermione remembered one afternoon earlier that week. Draco had quietly entered her office, sat in the chair in front of her, and watched her carefully. "'What's up?' she had asked, placing her eagle-feather quill on her pen-stand as she waited for Draco to talk. Her eyes strayed to his left forearm, lying on the armrest of the chair. He wore his shirt-sleeves down, as usual. Even before, in the midst of summer, Hermione had noticed Draco wore his shirt-sleeves down and knew why he never usually showed off his arms, but— now the sleeves covered another secret. He clearly saw her watching and shifted in his seat with a familiar, irritating smirk in place. My eyes are up here, Granger, he said, and Hermione looked up in surprise. Was Draco teasing her? He was smiling, but his face quickly turned serious as he leaned forward in his seat. I've been thinking, he started, looking past her and out of the window behind her back. It wasn't a real view, of course, not from the Ministry, but she charmed it to look like the rolling glens she used to look out on from her room in the Gryffindor Tower at Hogwarts, on a quiet, misty morning. Draco's eyes softened slightly at the sight, and Hermione's heart ached to see him looking so wistful. She leaned forward, her hand itching to reach out and cover his. Then his eyes shifted, guarded once more, and refocused on her. I've been thinking, he repeated, about Potter. Hermione hid a reluctant grin. Oh, sure. Draco had just been thinking about Harry, had he? He caught her eye and shook his head, sighing loudly. Not like that, Granger, Draco said, his voice exasperated. I've been thinking about what he's going to find when his birthday rolls around next week. Draco's hand went to his forearm, brushing against his sleeve absent-mindedly. You spent six years in classes with him at Hogwarts. Do you think he's going to recognize these constellations when he sees them? Hermione stared back, her mind racing. True, she had written what? Every single one of Harry's astronomy essays? And Harry had dropped the subject as soon as he could, preferring to keep his evenings free to play Quidditch rather than spend them cooped up in front of a telescope in the astronomy tower. Before she could answer, Draco continued, And that's not all, Granger. Soulmates are rare. Triad soulmates practically unheard of. Usually, soulmates are purebloods. Draco put his hand up, stopping Hermione before she even said anything. No prejudice, Granger, just facts. Potter grew up with muggles. I knew about soul marks because I was taught about them as a child. My... He paused as if considering his next words. My parents were soulmates. You knew because you have a brain the size of a planet and have probably read your way through both the library at Hogwarts and the library in the Ministry more than once. Hermione felt herself blush at his words. Not sure if he meant them as an insult or a compliment. She snuck a glance at him and found him watching her with a small smile. He physically shook himself and continued. Potter's not going to have a clue what's happening. And who do you think he's going to come to with a problem he can't solve? Me, she finished with a sigh. Well, maybe that's a good thing. It means I'll be able to sit him down and explain everything to him as soon as he finds out. Draco didn't look convinced. Granger, 
It's a lot to take in. Potter's not going to know what's hit him. Draco's gaze drifted off to the side as his eyes turned thoughtful. Maybe there's something I can do to help move things along. Hermione watched him with curiosity, but when he looked back at her, he offered no further explanation. Instead, he looked a bit distracted and got back to his feet. Leave it with me, Granger, he said, and was gone before she could clarify exactly what she was leaving in Draco's hands. As Hermione thought back on it now, she wondered what Draco had planned, and reluctantly accepted she probably wouldn't find out until the same time Harry did. As was the routine for when someone in the DMLE had a birthday, Ron had booked out the leaky cauldron for the evening. As she sat with Harry at their usual table, waiting for the other Aurors and some more friends to arrive, Hermione had never felt so nervous. Because Harry hadn't been born until so late in the evening, they still had a good few hours to go before any chance of a big revelation happened, and she felt guiltier than ever at hiding something so monumental from her best friend. Draco joined them at the Leaky Cauldron along with another group of Aurors. He handed Harry a small, beautifully wrapped present, in red paper and gold ribbon, Hermione noticed with a smile, and stiffly wished him a happy birthday before sliding in the booth next to Hermione. She gave him a weak smile, and he gently laid his hand over hers, out of sight, under the table. Comforted by Draco's fingers stroking soft patterns into her skin, Hermione turned her attention back to Harry. He was inelegantly pulling the beautiful wrapping paper from the parcel, causing Draco to wince dramatically next to her, and Harry's green eyes clouded in confusion when he pulled a book free from the wrappings. Draco's hand tightened on Hermione's. Harry turned the book over in his hands and finally looked up, his gaze meeting Draco's. Uh, thanks, Malfoy, Harry said, the confusion apparent in his voice as he gently placed the book on the table. Hermione's breath caught when she read the title, Carlyle's Complete Constellationary. Subtle, she hissed out of the side of her mouth. Did you underline the relevant pages so he knows what to look for? Even I have a little more faith in Potter than that, Granger. Draco drawled as he shifted his thigh so it pressed against hers. Hermione bit her lower lip to stop herself from making an embarrassing and unexplainable sound at the table. She saw Draco duck his head, hiding a grin, and knew he'd felt the pulse of her magic against his. Stop it, she hissed quietly to him, but he just pressed his thigh harder against hers. Hermione was about to chastise him further when she caught Harry watching them both with thinly veiled interest. Instead, she plastered a bright smile on her face, and Harry's expression softened slightly. He turned away as Ron clapped him on the shoulder. They watched as Seamus, Dean, and Neville joined the pair of them and lined up several shots of Wixen fire, a notoriously strong wizarding spirit that tasted like pepper imps and had the same smoke-from-the-ears effect. Harry groaned in distress but allowed the others to bully him into downing all four of them, one after the other. Hermione and Draco watched the smoke erupt from Harry's ears and his so-called friends laugh in delight and clap him on the back. Boys, thought Hermione in exasperation. How much had they changed since Hogwarts, really? Have you ever noticed how wonderfully submissive Potter can be? Draco asked her idly, swirling the fire whiskey in his tumbler as he did. Hermione could feel her eyes widen in surprise, and she shot Draco a warning glance, trying to control the sudden heat of desire that flared somewhere deep inside her. Come on, Granger. Draco lowered his voice and leaned in until his lips were almost brushing the shell of her ear, the ghost of his breath sending electric shivers down her spine. You're telling me. You've never had a fantasy of Potter, tied down and doing your bidding, looking up at you with adoration in those gorgeous green eyes of his, ready to worship you like the goddess you are. Hermione whimpered at Draco's unexpectedly dirty words, feeling a rush of wetness flood her cunt. She shifted uncomfortably in her chair, suddenly wishing she and Draco were somewhere more private, preferably with Harry there, too. She shook her head in a desperate attempt to clear the unexpected but not 
unwelcome image of Harry naked and bound and on his knees before her. She imagined he'd look at her with the same familiar, crooked smile he gave her in those moments when they were alone and sharing a private moment. God's Hermione, she thought to herself, snap out of it. Draco pulled away slightly, a triumphant smirk on his lips. Hermione scowled at him, wanting to kiss the smirk off his stupid face. Ten-fifteen came and went with no big revelation or showdown. As the clock grew nearer and nearer to midnight, Hermione found herself becoming more and more impatient. If Harry wasn't going to notice his soul marks tonight, she couldn't wait much longer before dragging Draco alone to her bed instead. The way Draco's hand had slowly crawled up her thigh under the table all evening suggested he was feeling quite similarly. As his impatient fingers finally reached the apex of her thighs, stroking her sex beneath her skirt, Hermione squirmed and jumped to her feet. Well, Harry, she said with a strangled voice, it's getting late. Happy birthday. Enjoy the rest of the evening. A rather bemused-looking Harry stood as well to give her a hug and drop a gentle kiss against her cheek. Can you apparate safely, Hermione? Harry asked in concern, and Draco slowly stood from the table as well. I'll make sure she gets home safe, Potter, Draco said quietly, and Hermione noticed the trust in Harry's eyes as he nodded in response. Thanks, Malfoy, he said, giving him a quick slap on the back. Have a great weekend, yeah? See you Monday. Hermione hurried out of the pub. Draco's hand resting on her lower back as he guided her out and into the summer evening of Diagon Alley. When he looked down at her, his eyes were so dilated that they were almost all black. Yours or mine? he asked huskily, brushing a loose curl back behind her ear. Mine, she responded, already breathless, and a second later Draco apparated them both away. It was midnight by the time they collapsed onto the bed together. Draco had his hands on Hermione's waist and his lips brushing her neck. Her dress was rucked up around her hips and her lace knickers sodden as she writhed against his muscled thigh, trying and failing to find some relief for the burning in her core. Draco chuckled darkly as she whined in frustration, and one of his hands trailed down between her legs, stroking the lace over her clit far too lightly. I thought we were waiting for Potter, Draco murmured, and Hermione arched herself against him. Finally he took pity on her and slid his finger beneath the lace, stroking her clit again with more pressure. Hermione groaned in pleasure. He... he probably won't come round tonight she protested weakly, her hands clutching at Draco's hair. Not now. It's, it's late, and he hasn't noticed them yet. Soon they were naked, with Draco holding his dick and trailing the head along Hermione's entrance. She hooked her legs around his hips, desperate to have him inside her. He was just pushing his cock into her when a loud, worried, achingly familiar voice called from the hallway. Hermione! Hermione scrambled from beneath Draco as if she'd been burned. She looked at him in a panic, his eyes as wide as hers. Fuck! Draco muttered, running his hands through his hair. Hermione reached desperately for the nearest clothes she found scattered on her bedroom floor, pulling them on and hurrying out of her room. Hermione! Harry's panicked voice carried from the flu again, and when Hermione rounded the corner, she found him waiting for her. He'd stepped through the fireplace. Her wards were keyed to always allow him through, and his green eyes were full of the same fire and worry she recognized from school when he knew someone was in trouble. Hermione, thank Merlin. I need to talk to you. Harry looked so lost and confused. Hermione reached for him without thinking, her hand grasping his. Harry gasped, and Hermione snatched her hand away in alarm. He had obviously felt it, too, the inevitable rush of heat and magic when their skin touched. She looked up at him, and he looked back with alarm. Hermione, what's happening? Harry asked with a surprisingly steady voice, idly rubbing his hand where it had touched Hermione. What was that? And what a—I mean, I have these—these marks on me. They weren't there before. And the book Malfoy gave me. Harry's ramblings came to a sudden stop, his eyes focusing on something beyond her shoulder. His expression darkened. Hermione cursed under her breath and slowly turned. 
Draco had emerged from the bedroom, dressed only in the dark jeans he'd been wearing at the pub. His feet were bare, his hair uncharacteristically tousled, and his scar-crossed torso unashamedly on display. Harry's eyes were locked on Draco's forearm, however, not the one with the faded dark mark, but the other one, the one that bore Hermione's star sign, and the very same scar that adorned Harry's forehead. Fuck, Harry muttered bleakly, taking a step backwards. So it's true, then. These marks, they're for you two, aren't they? Harry shook his head as if to clear it, and when his gaze slid back to Hermione, his eyes were glittering like chips of granite. And you both clearly knew about this already, and what, Hermione, you're— Here, Harry broke away, running his hand through his messy hair. You're fucking him, are you? Neither of you thought to maybe sit me down and explain this to me? Let me down gently? Harry's voice had risen, taking on the ring of anger Hermione hadn't heard since the war ended. Potter, Draco tried, his voice firm but pleading at the same time. Harry held up one hand, palm facing Draco, and Draco stopped in bewilderment. Don't, Malfoy, Harry hissed. I don't want to hear it. I can't. I can't be here right now. Ignoring Hermione's cry of protest, Harry grabbed a handful of flu powder and stepped back into the fireplace, calling out for Grimmauld Place. He disappeared before their eyes, and Hermione couldn't help the tear that escaped her eye when the presence of his magic was violently ripped away from theirs. ETL Echo Echoing Tales of Enemies to Lovers